1: Crooked Minis is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe, and private online environment. It's so convenient. Now you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule a secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, sleeping, trauma, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. There are four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Crooked Mini listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code Crooked Minis. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Crooked Minis. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash Crooked Minis.
3: Hey there everyone, I'm Travell Anderson, the Director of Culture and Entertainment for Out Magazine, and the love child of Melissa Harris-Perry and Wendy Williams. How you doing? Welcome back to Pride on Screen, where for the month of June, I'm sitting down with some of my favorite folks to discuss monumental LGBTQ plus media moments. We've had the chance to look at the men's who love men's and the women's who love women's. And this week, it's time for the men and the women's and the others who love men, women, and others. We're talking all things by plus. Now, you may feel like you've seen more bisexual plus characters on TV, and that's because there are. I mean, why do just a gay or lesbian character when you can get more bang for your buck, right? Bi plus characters now make up 27% of the LGBTQ characters we see on TV. Of those characters, the numbers skew towards women who make up 71% of the bi plus characters on TV. But don't worry. I'll discuss what that means, how we see by erasure on screen, and more with my guests. Today, I'm joined by writer about town Clarkesha Kent and Derek Lemos, comedian and host of the podcast Mansplain Yourself to get into it all. Enjoy. All right, you two. So, thank you both for joining me. How are you doing, Clarkisha
4: I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, love?
3: You know, I'm black and fabulous as usual. Yes. How are you, Derek? Hi. Hi uh, Hey, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Thank you so much for having me. Hold up. Girls, gals, and non-binary pals. Guys, gals, and guys, non-binary gals. pals. I'm here for it. Yes. So, we're talking bisexual plus representation on film, television, wherever else. I'll start with you, Clarkisha Who's that, like... By person character thing that like you first connected with in
4: media first um probably uh chig avery
3: from uh color purple i love that answer we should say color purple for you people who don't know what the color purple is get some culture you (laughs) know don't know (laughs) directed by steven seasoning in your life uh, based on the wonderful same book, a uh, book of the same name by Alice Walker, uh, starring Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah Winfrey in her acting debut. Yeah, wonderful performances. Everything. Um, Suge Avery played by Margaret Avery. Um, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous piece. I think it's great that you mentioned that because that was going to be one of my early references as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's one of those things where the bisexuality moment Lesbian, whatever. We're gonna get into that, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it 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 was different at that, and particularly at that particular time. But we're gonna come back to color yes. purple. Yes. What about for you, Derek? What was your your bisexual awakening in media?
0: Oh well, th- I mean, there have been like a, a couple. So I'm kind of like. I'm kind of a bad queer and that like a lot (laughs) I haven't seen a lot of the touchstones that are kind of like it's like you need to see these and it's like well I I haven't I'm sorry guys they're predominantly for white people I grew up liking a lot of nerdy stuff so when Firefly came out it was one of those it was a tv show that ran for one season uh created by Joss Whedon uh problematic but you know that's a whole other thing yeah (laughs) Uh, and there's a character on it who's a sex worker and her name is Inara, and she is she's bi. And they explain it in the show. She's like, hey, look, I take clients. Doesn't matter. You know, as long as uh, I vet them and I, you know, find some sort of bond with them, that's what's important. That and they have money.
2: Yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> well, of course, always. Same. You know, <laughs> that check has to clear, yes. although we prefer cash. So before we kind of get into specific media moments, one of the things I want to discuss with you two is about how when we see bi people or, like, potentially bi characters on TV, in films, like, th- there's a lack of labels a lot of times. And if the person is bi, they're very, like, very much defined by whatever relationship they're currently in. So if it's it's a, if it's a woman and she's currently in a relationship with a woman, she's a lesbian, right? Who might have slept with the guy a couple years ago, right? Yeah. Um, we don't really... We just don't see people characters claiming their bisexuality what are your thoughts on that Derek
0: well I mean that the characters are defined in the same way that most of us are by other people it's like whatever our current romantic relationships are either you know if you're in a if you're in a relationship like you are defined by that relationship from other queer people right like, oh well you're dating you know in my case it's like oh you're dating a dude well then you're gay and it's like well n- no because I've dated other women. I've dated non-binary folks. I've dated trans people. Like, like no, but it is—it's a nuanced conversation that a lot of people aren't prepared to have because they don't necessarily understand. Like, like straight people get why they're attracted to the opposite gender. You know, gay people are are understand that that same genderness. But when you start getting into more than one gender, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you like what,
4: (laughs) or you have a preference for what.
3: You were shaking your head, Caucasia
4: Yeah, I, I love the word nuance because people don't exercise nuance ever. And I'm just all about nuance. I'm like, ah, it's not, you know, not black and white issue. Um, so I agree with the whole divine by um, partnerships thing. Um, in a perfect world, people would not make base assumptions by just looking at you. But mm-hmm. we don't live in a perfect world. Um And uh, I was having a conversation with a really great friend the other day and trying to get to nuance of, yeah, some of these assumptions are very annoying um, for black people, but um, understanding that even when it's coming from the rest of the community, sometimes it's not done out of just annoyance or even malice. Sometimes base assumptions are made for survival. Um, So so with that in mind... um, that does transfer over to representation. Um, And um, yeah, people are, people are still kind of like the jury's out on like the bi-pan thing. So people are still like, I don't know if I want to necessarily label this person this way. So then they'll usually hit you with like, I love everyone. So it'd be very like loosely. (laughs) 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 I love everyone. Or like this person doesn't like labels, period. So, like, that'll kind of be the, of oftentimes the extent of the representation for a bi or pan character. Um, yeah, rarely do you get someone just being like, I'm straight up bi.
3: Right. Because
4: yeah. there's still so much to unpack about it. and So much that people don't understand about
3: it. I feel like there's just, like, a lot of stigma, right, around yeah. it. Yeah. Um And a lot of misperceptions and all of that. Um, you mentioned the color purple. Earlier, we've mm. already described like, what the color purple is. I want to pull up one of my favorite scenes from this lovely movie. And it's a song sung by Sug Avery to Miss Seeley, played by the wonderful Wilby Goldberg. Sister, you've been on my mind. Oh, sister,
2: we're two of a kind soul.
3: I feel like our conversations around the color purple specifically when it comes to this whole sexuality situation, particularly for black folks, I feel like the idea that Suge Avery and Miss Seely might have possibly been bisexual or at least something other than straight, mm-hmm. right? It's something that's just often glossed over. Like Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't, we don't talk Mm -hmm. about that. What's it been in your experience?
4: Um, So it's interesting because even though I watched this movie, like when I was real, really young, you know, because it's you know, black cultural um, touchstone, Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really have the discussion. So you're right, discussion on like Suge. Um, bisexuality until i got to college So that's almost like a whole like decade later. Right. <laughs> um and it what well, you know it was another black queer professor who brought it up so i don't think i I was just in some like suchette man's room or whatever i don't think it would have come up um but it did come up because she occupies that that space um and i feel like it often gets glossed over because i at this point i feel like we're We're getting to a point where it's not like that anymore, but I still feel like in our particular community, queerness, um, gayness, whatever you want to call it, is still looked at like it's this thing that only white people do Mm -hmm. or occupy or claim, you know, it's a white people thing. So so when we get to media, even our media that kind of touches on it, people are still kind of uncomfortable with it. So, even within our own spaces, it's still, like, a touchy thing. Even though it shouldn't be. um, I can say the same thing about Moonlight. Moonlight was great, but you still have people kind of, like, being like, eh, about it.
3: Right, the sexuality conversations within our community is still... Kind of iffy. What's that like? What's it like from from your vantage point as as another person of color?
0: Well, so I mean, it's a difficult conversation, and I think primarily because of colonization. Like yep. that is. Well, call it out then. Why yeah. don't you? Well, so so I you know I am Mexican American, but I identify as Indigenous. You know, Christ, uh, Catholicism was forced upon us. A lot of those traditions, those European traditions and beliefs, were forced upon, tortured into us. And so you know we have a lot of people in in Mexico and central in central America who still cling on to those things because they're byproducts of trauma and they're because they're byproducts of colonization and yeah indigenous culture is not a monolith that's obviously true but i, I feel in particular like we can't even have begin to have those conversations around like uh, nuanced conversations bringing it back uh, because it is so deeply rooted in uh, historical oppression so we'd have to talk about that and then we'd also have to talk about what we're going to do about it and you know it just it's a layered cake of really awkward conversations to have yeah. and a lot of our older folks are not prepared to
2: have yeah. those conversations yeah.
1: we will be right back after these messages crooked minis is brought to you by boosted instead of sitting in traffic Searching for parking or smelling your seatmates' sandwich on the bus. Chris. Imagine riding the streets, wind in your hair <laughs> on your own boosted electric vehicle. Boosted. Took a quick trip back to Boston. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. Don't worry, guys. If you're listening to this, don't imagine. You don't have to imagine yourself as being from Boston. Boosted vehicle. I don't care what kind of vehicle you're riding. Vehicle Is it? It's a trip straight to hell. <laughs> electric skateboards and scooters are the modern solution to your transportation woes with a 22 mile range. Wow, that's a lot. And max speeds of 24 miles per hour. Boosted is perfect for both running to the store and traveling across town. Designed to provide a luxurious experience, it's no wonder that Boosted was one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2018. With five options to pick from, including their new scooter, the Boosted Rev, there's a personal electric vehicle that's tailor made for you. Starting at $61 a month with financing, there's no better time to change how you move than right now. Right now, Boosted is offering our listeners of $75 off the purchase of an electric vehicle when you use the code Minis plural, at checkout. Go to BoostedBoards.com, use the code Minis to check out. Get $75 off your vehicle. If you live in Boston, you get on a Boosted, you cruise over to the Straight Pride March, right? That's where everyone's going. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool kids. Yeah, just follow the follow the Trail Axe <laughs> body spray <laughs> to the Straight Pride parade. And, and, uh, and calf implants <laughs> to yeah. the Straight Pride parade. That's BoostedBoards.com, promo code CrookedMinis to check out for $75 off. Crooked Minis is also brought to you by Simply Safe. Crooked Minis is brought to you by Simply Safe. A recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime—more than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft. I find this hard to believe. And murder, according to studies, just over ten percent of break-ins are planned beforehand. The rest are spur of the moment. There's a spur of the moment break-in. That's wild. <laughs> like, you're walking down the street, you look at a house, like, you're like, "What do ah, you guys want to do? Want to break <laughs> in? Dinner? Go to a bar? Oh, this is fucking breaking a house." Uh, they're crimes of opportunity. In other words, they're random. Did you know that most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.? That's the middle of the day. According to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is over $2,000. That can be very hard to recover from. There are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. Simply safe. Protects your home. Every window, every room, every door. With 24-7 monitoring at just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch is up to 3.5 times faster because they use video verification. There's no contract, no hidden fees or fine print. It blends right into your house. There's no wires or drilling, and it's easy to order, set up. Usually, you can get that done in an hour. Simply Safe has a bunch of awards, from CNET to the New York Times. Wire cutter prices are always fair and honest. There's around the clock monitoring for just fifteen dollars a month. Visit simplysafecom slash minis. You get free shipping and a sixty day risk free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to SimplySafe.com slash Crooked Minis so they know we sent you. That's SimplySafe.com slash Crooked Minis.
2: The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley High Performance Sofas and Recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
3: Clarkisha, what is a representation of a by person, by character, um, that you think gets it right on TV or in film or somewhere else?
4: So, I actually have two, because uh, there's one... Um, I'm um, Rose Diaz from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, uh, who are you talking to? Is that your mystery hunk? Babe, are you all
3: right? Is everything okay? Yeah, it's fine. I'll call you back later.
1: Is that a woman's voice? It's my sister. Wait, she called you babe. Well, my cousin called me babe. You said relatives shouldn't do that. What's really going on? I'm dating a woman. I'm bi. Oh, that's great. That's great. Rose, I just want you to know that I... Totally support. I
3: don't want to talk about it right now. Okay, just leave it alone.
4: Perfect, perfect, perfect. Because it was just it was normal, like when she was coming out like, hey, she. Because clearly before we'd seen her date men on the show, mm-hmm. uh, very normal, like hey, yeah, whatever. And then like, and then later, she's like, oh, I also like date women, and you know, you have that mini arc where you have um, Gina Rodriguez there, and mm-hmm. she's like, she has this big fat crush on her. And she's just like, whoa. Because, <laughs> like, you know, even she had a moment where she's questioning herself, too. Because she's like, you know, I figured a long time, maybe. But then I saw her and I'm like, yeah, definitely. Um, so just I I loved it because it was very um, humanizing. You know, no one walks up to her and is like, oh, are you sure? You know, like like really being, like, patronizing. Right. Because that's, that's, that's what happens to a lot of us. People are like, are you sure? And no. I'm like.
0: Yeah. Like, I think I know (laughs) what I, like, let, you know. And that kind of, it kind of perfectly highlights, too, that, like, just because you are attracted to more than one gender doesn't mean you're attracted to everybody. Like, we all have types. Mm -hmm. And she, like, that perfectly highlights, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, like, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm a pie chart, and I don't like using that pie chart, but there was a really great meme about bisexuality and you know it was like everybody thinks it's 50-50 and it's like no it can be 70-30 it
3: can be 40-60 like it's okay Shout um, out to your math skills there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were doing that in real time. I think when this moment happened on television, it was like lauded as like something really amazing. Also because uh, Stephanie Beatriz, who plays the character, is bisexual herself mm-hmm. as well. Um, and you know, we're always having a conversation about like having queer people play queer characters mm-hmm. and all of that. But uh, to your point, I think this is a, a an example of. Kind of the the storylines and the the informed representations of queer people, particularly in this case, yes. bisexual people. When you have like a, a bi person or queer people like part of your writers' room yes. or helping to bring the character to life, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine—that's a good one. What about for you, Derek? What's what's something that like you think gets it correct? Um, I don't know. For me, I think one of the big characters that that.
0: Uh... That I like was was Oberyn Martell from mm. Game of Thrones.
3: Yes.
4: Take off your clothes.
0: I'm afraid I'm not an offer, my lord. Everyone who works for Little Finger is an offer. Have you ever been with a prince?
3: Can't say I have. Interesting. Yes. Pedro Pascal. Like yes.
0: handsome man. Uh, you know, yes. he go he goes and visits the brothel there in uh in King's Landing and you know, it is, it is just, it is a fuck fest. Literally. <laughs> and, you know, they, <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have any other words to say. to describe it. And he's just like, look, I take pleasure in what I take pleasure in. Like, you know, it doesn't matter to me. And that was just some like, and the other characters reacted to that like, Oh, okay, cool. Like it, It's not just the character owning their own sexuality, but it's also the reaction to those characters that help normalize things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, like for years and years and years, like a lot of TV shows would use gay panic or would use, um, you know, like straight cis men dressing up as women. Um, You know, there there are tons and tons of examples of this Mm. and, and it... Once the the reveal is there, it's like, oh, my God. And what it does is it's actually detrimental to trans people.
3: It's detrimental Mm. to queer people. You speaking about Game of Thrones makes me think of Xena Warrior Princess, similar kind of fantasy type world starring Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor as these two like badass warrior princess ish type. Characters who are like, you know, shutting shit down, um, but they were very much also in this kind of bisexual, pansexual space. I watched, you know,
4: Zena very religiously as a kid, and she is this literally like tall ass, big ass woman, like Amazonian (laughs) woman um, who, you know, had these close friendships with um, Gabrielle. I I don't remember the dude's name. That's fine.
0: But (laughs) Gabby and the other one. Yeah, the other
4: one. Um, But like, you know, I feel like even though... Because, you know, creators sometimes wrestle with their own creation. Like, they'll put the... Like, the whole Marvel universe is just a great example right now. Because, mm-hmm. like, they'll put... Insert the subtext with the characters. Men, mm-hmm. women, they, in that it'll, it'll take on a life of its own. And then if the is not quite comfortable with the subtext that they put there, they'll try to like no homo it or whatever. Right. Um there were some, you know, there were some moments in Zena where that they, they tried to do that, but it's there clear that like, oh, she has like more than this friendship going on with Gabby. Um and even like at one point, Zena has a freaking baby. So like We know that she (laughs) has the capacity to, like, have these other relationships with not only men, but women, too. So I felt like that was very, like, no one came out and said Zena was bi, but clearly, you know, her sexuality wasn't just straight.
0: Yeah, or even even Buffy with Willow and her partner. Yes. Um, you know, like like she had dated Oz and Oz is a Seth Green werewolf. Uh but you know, she like <laughs> <laughs> she finds her witchy partner and like y- y- yeah, you know, the the last season's a little eh. but you know, like they have a good solid relationship where it's you know, they like they empower each other mm-hmm. and they, you know, they're kind of an example, uh, a positive examples of what
3: Buffy's unhealthy relationships look like. Yeah. One thing that we haven't spoken about explicitly yet is a lot of the references that we have made are to female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have not yet spoken about any like bi male characters. Um, Clarkisha is giving me, you know, a look right now, y'all. <laughs> Um, she's ready to jump into it, um, but I just it, I and I just wonder if um, so. Like when I think of bi male characters, mm-hmm. the only one that comes to mind right now is uh, Leland Martin plays a bi character on um, Boomerang, the mm-hmm. Boomerang reboot yeah. on BET right now. Um, but that's the only one that like mm-hmm. pops up in my mm-hmm. head, um, and I'm wondering particularly like how that often like also manifests itself off screen mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Yeah,
4: so. I, yeah, Just to jump into, I have an example, but to kind of pre-introduce my example. I feel like the reason with bi men, it's like super complex because like you already have the the bi stigma that I can turn my sexuality on and off. But with bi men, even though it, it's stigmatized across the board, women, bi women are still like semi more accepted, yes. you know, um, by the community because on bi. Both ends of the spectrum of straight and queer people, they they view female sexuality as this, like, thing to be, like, gawked at. Yeah. Like, to uh, yeah. be observed. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, because of patriarchy.
4: Yes, thank you. So, like, it's, you know, even when someone's, like, bi, it'll be kind of dismissed as, oh, that's for play-play. Like, you know, of course you are bi. Of course, you know, you're going to the bathroom with your girlfriends. Of course you're sitting in your girlfriend's lap. Like, that right. behavior is kind of seen as cutesy, whatever. Um, for, for men, for obvious reason, toxic masculinity, (laughs) um, you know, it's still this taboo, taboo thing. Um, and even when that rep comes up, like the guy has to be a certain way, like, oh, if he's, he's bi, like either he's going to be like super fucking macho, like, super, like, oh, right. me, man, like, and, and it's okay, because mm-hmm. me, man, you know, or, <laughs> <laughs> me or
3: man, y'all. on
4: the other side, like, the guy when there's nothing wrong with it, but the guy's, like, super, like, effeminate mm-hmm. and flamboyant, whatever, so then you're, like, in your brain, um, because our brains are still about gender, you're like, oh, of course he's like, bi, because he looks this way or registers right. this way. Um, so... My example, you know, I personally, like, I've seen examples of bi-men on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, I think one that I thought was actually pretty decent um, was, um, it was Adam played by Tyler Posey on um, uh, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin. Oh, yeah. She, mm-hmm. she dated him for a minute, and, you know, it was made known that he was bi and there was nothing, like, oh, about it. Like, he was very, like, oh, you know, I dated this man, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but personally, for me, I haven't registered super strong like male bi representation in TV or mm-hmm. even in film.
0: You know, I run I, I run a podcast about uh, patriarchy and masculinity, and we were we're trying to have those conversations because it's like a lot of straight cis men. You know, when they have like, oh, I have oh, why am I feeling these things? You know, there's a, the reaction is like anger, it's frustration. You know, and it is it is a direct consequence of patriarchy mm-hmm. like you know it calls into question your masculinity quote unquote you know and it calls into question your you, you know uh cuz there there are sexual hierarchies even in queer communities yes. you know it's like if you are you know i hate using the terminology but i'm going to use the term- terminology like if you are a receiving partner if you're bottom then it's like you're you're lower than somebody who is considered a top mm-hmm. um and it's it all ha- it all ties back into patriarchy you know, there's no equality there. It's just it's well, because you are the receiving person or you like to receive, then, you know, it, it makes you it puts you on the side with other people who like to receive. And also that includes women and also it includes that. And so it's it's a, it's it's uh, it is the same types of mentalities playing out in our communities when we're trying to unpack those things, because we recognize that, like. Well, these are the things that are, that affect us broadly, but we're still we're still engaging in the same behavior, otherwise, yeah. in in with it, with each other. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I think it partially explains like why straight cis men, you know, like when they find themselves attracted to trans women, why they react so violently. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's because it calls into question, like, well, am I am I gay? Am I do this? And it's like no, you're attracted to women. So if you're attracted to a trans woman, like you're attracted to women, that's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know they don't ha- they don't know how to deal with those things. Uh, But I actually do have a a a representation, a character that might you might actually dig. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how much you like sci-fi. Or... Y'all are just
3: taking me so much out of my comfort zone this episode. We've done game of thrones, now we're doing sci-fi. We're giving it to you guys.
0: This is I mean this is this is my this is my little nest, my little nerdy nest. So Doctor Who uh is a is a wonderful wonderful show that you should watch. Like don't worry about the old seasons, just just start with uh Chris, Christopher Eccleston. Uh, start from there uh, so there 's a character that gets introduced a couple seasons in uh, his name is Captain Jack harkness and he 's played by John Berriman, who is just a gorgeous man and so he is a he 's a captain he 's kind of like this swarthy he 's basically he 's basically a queer han solo where he 's kind of he 's kind of he 's hmm. charming he 's a I'm little intrigued. rugged mm-hmm. uh, he wears like a pea coat and so in within the first couple of episodes that he 's in he 's he's kind of like brazenly sexual where he's kind of flirting with, with one of the the doctor's friends, mm-hmm. like in the first, you know, he's like takes her above London and you know, they, they dance among these like bombing lights that are looking for, for Nazi bombers. And then in like a couple episodes later, he's flirting with this young dude in a bar and he is just one of those characters. That's just like, Hey, I don't apologize for my sexuality this is who who I am and he's very open about like him himself and like it's not one of those shameful things that where he's hooking up with somebody sh- shamefully it's one of those like hey look y- this is who I am I'm gonna explain it to you so that we're both on the same page mm-hmm. so you don't you know you don't catch feelings uh but this is this is gonna happen
3: doctor who
0: doctor who he's doctor also who. well it, uh, the they did a spin-off series called Torchwood Which I haven't really seen, but the Doctor Who episodes that he is in uh, with David Tennant are
3: wonderful. Maybe I'll add that to my list Mm -hmm. of things I haven't seen that I need to watch. Mm -hmm. Maybe I won't. (laughs) I'll keep you all updated. Before I let you two go, one of the things that, you know, one of our fabulous uh, listeners of one of the prior episodes brought up um, on the hellhole that is Reddit that they thought we should discuss on this episode about bi visibility mm-hmm. um, is about bi characters who, when their show ends or the movie ends, they end up with a partner of the opposite gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether or not that is by erasure mm-hmm. or just a form of like actual accurate by representation mm. that is a really good question that's
4: a great question
3: reddit can give you some good things every now and again yeah. <laughs> thank you it is a pearl among the poop yeah <laughs> so
4: um i'll guess i'll start by saying that um i feel like a, a mix it's a mixed bag because like You know, I'm probably going to get dragged for saying this, (laughs) but I'm going to say it. So, like, in real real life, it does usually end up that way um, because the politics inside the community and outside the community kind of make it so that bi people in that situation kind of feel like they have to end up with someone of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, at the same time, I also feel like it's that reluctancy in media itself to kind of push the envelope and be like, "We're gonna do the opposite of what you expect us to do," and like, like the commenter said, end this show with a person of um, the same sex or a similar sex. Um, yeah, and and I feel like part of how the Part of the reason it always ends up like that, too, is like even in some of these examples that we mentioned um, and a lot of the older examples, because I was also on that side of um, LGBT people deserve better. Mm-hmm. Um, what often happens, even if they kind of reveal this character as like a bi person or pan person or whatever, um, the show itself will rarely give them. That's why I'm glad they introduced Rosa like that. But they'll really give them even an extended storyline where they're with someone of mm. the same gender. Like, it, that episode that they bring up, it just might be, like, one-off and right. then never addressed again. So we never... We often never see even, like, a uh, series of episodes where they're talking about this female partner they're with this female partner for the an extended period. But if it was, like, a male partner, and then it'd be, like, peachy, it'd be... Right. Fine. So I feel like part of it is like media still has these conceptions about bi characters, um, and how they should end up or whatever, and then it's also a community thing where, you know, politics kind of dictate sometimes. How Not things ultimately. happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: What about for you? Ooh,
0: I I think Clarkisha had a great kind of assessment of that. Like, um. I mean, for, for me, I don't feel, I don't feel obligated to like be with a person of the opposite gender. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties, like nobody's going to tell me anything, <laughs> Yeah, yeah true, true. um, but it is, it is interesting. And I think that's just part of like the supremacy of heteronormativity. Yep. Like it is just com- more comfortable for audiences. Cause ultimately, like ultimately, you know, industries, movie studios are there to make money. They're there to get mm-hmm. eyeballs mm-hmm. for advertisers. Um, and so, you know, when we're when we're having conversations about media and representation, like it is that's this is why it's vastly important for us to be the creators because why would you like yeah, we can leave it to them to to do it to include us? Mm-hmm. But w- if you're thinking about it like why would you want somebody else to control your narrative and mm-hmm. your nuance? Like nobody can speak for your experience like you can speak for your experience. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the wonderful things about about like the the current world that we live in where a lot of people more people than ever before have had access to be able to tell those kinds of stories i mean like tangerine was shot on an iphone right and it is a wonderful story so good uh and it is it's like if you're you know if you're a queer person of color if you're disabled like if you are a marginalized person create art make shit tell your story like don't yeah, yeah you can ask these studios to include more characters of color you can ask them to include trans people you can ask them inc- to include other people of marginal- marginalized identities but like more than likely they're not going to do it right mm-hmm. right so we need to be part of that process before like well, let... well i'm not Go i'm ahead. not saying it's like it's we have to do, we have we have to build our own tables but it's just like it, just don't expect people who are in it for the wrong reasons mm. to to serve us
3: properly yeah I'm with that. I like building my own table, though. Oh, me too. I got, my I, got, table. <laughs> I got a you tool know, set in my trunk. I can wine. flip it if I want to. You yeah. know? Um, we have to discuss this whole, I call it the pansexual revolution. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole part of the plus, of the bi plus community. Um, we should say pansexual are, you know, people who identify as pansexual, uh, they're... Identities and sexual attraction basically isn't limited to uh, a particular sex or gender or gender identity, and I think kind of the the person that like is is the the mascot, if you will, of that is Janelle Monet right now, mm-hmm. um, and Dirty Computer, yeah, um, and her her coming out last year, and it. Pansexuals now in the motherfucking dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when it wasn't before. I'm just wondering how you two come to this moment where we have someone like a Janelle Monet, a mm-hmm. celebrity at that level, whose work is at that level mm-hmm. representing the community, bringing more people uh uh into the fold. Like just what are your thoughts on our good sis? Miss Janelle well good bad indifferent I want it all
4: I love Janelle first of all (laughs) I remember I I was like I remember exactly where I was when that Rolling Stone story dropped (laughs) I was just like what but you know I feel like a lot of us, like, knew, but, like, we're like, we're going to let Janelle tell us, you know, we're going to let her tell us oh, when she's when ready. She's yeah, ready. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, I thought it was great. And even having it coincide with dirty computers, great, because that's a, also a very recent example of, no, she ends up with someone of the. Same or similar right. gender. You know, that's that's that is the primo romance in the entire project. Like they do show Janelle with like, dudes or whatever and but but like, you know, Tessa or what was her name in the production. It don't matter. I'll just say okay. Tessa.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we know.
4: But she is the primo romance and like she's singing about her and and you know, they're they're trying to survive the apocalypse together, you know. Um, I feel like now doing that in such, you know, first of all, resp- a respected publication and also doing that in such a public way, coinciding with another new work of art dedicated to this thing um, was a huge deal. I feel like it gave people um, kind of the incentive to broaden their vocabularies, first of all, um, but also giving someone who may not be there yet when identifying as bi or pan kind of the almost the go-ahead like you you shouldn't need the go-ahead obviously like again perfect world no one would need you know we just we just be it but like i feel like having her be someone who is so respected and loved kind of come and say hey this is what i am kind of gives people who might not be there yet or who are scared to get there like oh well she's doing it then i can do it like, and it
3: gives them mm-hmm. right a person to refer to yeah when coming out when Mm -hmm. disclosing Mm -hmm. all of that what are your thoughts on miss janelle i same i love janelle monae um Mm -hmm.
0: i think it is one of those it's giving it's helping extend language and vocabulary to people who aren't necessarily inside the community Mm -hmm. you know they may have friends they may have children they may have relatives um that are queer and haven't come out yet or are and are still in their journey like queerness is not just set in, set in stone mm-hmm. thing it's not you know one person may come out multiple times mm-hmm. and a lot of us have to mm-hmm. because we grow up we change we're you know we're like we're ever evolving people and so it if anything her identifying as pan, uh, pansexual and the the word and the identity of pansexuality becoming more um not accessible, but it's becoming part of our lexicon, right? Uh, part of our culture. It, it only helps other people in figuring out where do I fit, mm-hmm. and that is beautiful.
4: If I can add one more thing, because I forgot it in my gushing about her, uh, it was also important that she was a black woman doing this, right? Because we're, you know, um, I wrote about this when I was still writing for um, Into Like coming out as a concept, I feel like it's something that's not really extended to black people or other groups of color. Mm-hmm. You know? We we just kinda expect it to just be like, oh, it's just it and there's no big announcement about it. There's no party. There's no you <laughs> know, so it, it, so her just doing it in that way, I feel like was a very strong um reclamation of like the coming out uh phenomenon for particularly um black people also specifically black women Mm -hmm. so i was just like okay (laughs) i'm with it y'all didn't
3: see this dance that karkisha just did (laughs) um my last question for both of you it's pride month Mm -hmm. 50th anniversary since stonewall Mm -hmm. i think i've been clear that i think the the there are a lot of issues within our alphabet soup of a community Mm -hmm. um one of them is bi erasure, as mm-hmm. we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, as two bi folks, what are what are y'all thinking about? What are what are y'all feelings as we explore this conversation around pride, around representation, um, and around I think the community itself mm-hmm. and what the community itself can do to to support and love on all of us. For me,
0: like my. The way that I partake in pride, and the way that I partake in events, is is education because I have that platform and I have that ability to just and you know and emotional labor. Like I don't mind doing it uh, of sharing stuff on Twitter, of sharing stuff on Facebook, and talking about my own personal experiences. I think if anything, for me, Pride Month is is just a time for like, for one, acknowledging who who we owe a great debt to, mm-hmm. um, you know, and also keeping in mind that like there are still just because we have marriage equality doesn't mean the fight is over or just because we have one other thing doesn't mean the fight is over it's it's continually making room for people who don't who who haven't had a space yet Mm -hmm. uh that's what pride is to me
4: yes so um i guess i'll tackle the biracial racer part first so um like I said, I've been having conversations lately to kind con- that with other members of the community, kind of enlighten myself about why this is a thing. So um, I feel like for us to get to a point where we're, you know, everyone's understanding of bi people and and pan people and vice versa, I feel like, and this is going to get me added, but I'm okay. I'm a big girl. Um, <laughs> this is going, to get, but I feel like we have to, especially when you are cis. You know, I, I can't speak for transgender people because it is different, like, mm-hmm. period. Um, but when you are a cis person who identifies as bi or pan or someone who likes other genders, I feel like you have to acknowledge that there's some, even if it's little, there's like a sliver of, you and you didn't ask for it, but there's like a sliver of privilege mm-hmm. there when you are seen with the opposite gender, mm-hmm. especially if they are also cis. Right. Like there is like just a little bit like a modicum of um, privilege you can operate under because, again, people are going to assume things. So there's a little bit of wiggle room there for you to do whatever. It's still annoying. um, But um, that is kind of just the reality of it. Now, now, when you have those conversations to expand, you know, the concept of sexuality and gender, then you can inform people like, oh, this is obviously not what you assumed, which is great. But I feel like for us to get to a better understanding, we're gonna have to acknowledge that first part. And a lot of people still aren't there yet because they're like, "Well, what about this that I suffered and this that?" I'm like, I'm not saying you didn't suffer. I'm just saying, right? You're in, not invalidating you know, it in joining. comparison to the rest of the community. You know, um, you enjoyed some slight perks. I'm not, but I'm not saying you didn't suffer. Now, for pride, um. I'm (laughs) very pessimistic when it comes to pride because, like, I was definitely in that camp where I was like, when we get married to Claudia, people are going to forget about the rest of it, which. Mm -hmm happened which happened, yeah. Um, and you know, it's nice to be able to love who you love and get married and whatever. But I just like you need to be able to live somewhere and work and whatever. And those mm-hmm. are still yeah. things that aren't guaranteed to us. So when I see pride and I see these corporations putting on their rainbow filter, yes. but they not doing <laughs> nothing for community, or in one case when you ask a certain influencers what they're doing for the community, they get mad at the community. <laughs>
0: wow. um
4: um it, it's, it is very frustrating and it it just seems like the concept of pride has been muddled um especially when you have freaking cops that
0: I'm just yeah. like
3: well it's become commodified like everything yeah. else. I think my hope is that I just hope that you know folks in the community are also able to benefit off of our commodification yes. Yes. because that's the commodification is going to happen anyway. Yes. Yeah. They're going to slap a rainbow flag on it anyway, yeah. but with that being said, thank you both. Well, thank for you for joining us yeah, thank you for having me peace and blessings bye I want to thank Clark Keisha, and Derek for joining me on this episode I hope you continue this conversation with the people you know and maybe even some you don't as always you can share with me your thoughts comments and concerns I'm on Twitter at Travel Anderson but be forewarned my block hand is vicious Next week on our final episode of Pride on Screen, we tackle trans representation. Until then, flay on.
2: Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best.